Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Unauthorized Cinnamon, a Deadwood podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Herman. I'm Harry J. Perales, the other. And we are on to the aptly named Complications. I think we made like fun of this uh, for just being like, oh, complications that arise in a drama. Yeah. But it's like, oh, idiot, this is where we find out <laughs> about Alma's very specific complications with pregnancy. And I don't think I'm spoiling anything because very first shot of the show, it's Alma throwing up. And that is a a accepted universal cinema language for Uh pregnant pregnant character. Uh, Other than just like looking at a pregnancy test and going, oh, no. Yeah, that's that's a little bit too on the nose. This is a (laughs) prestige television show. And let's spell it all out for us. Uh, But right after that, um, Al finally wakes up from his long, long day's journey into dick pain. (laughs) Uh, And he's uh, Doc, Dane and Johnny are kind of hanging out around him. They all look at him and are, you know, (laughs) and he has that great line of Dan. Where it's like, did you fuck me while I was out? (laughs) I love that Dan says, hell no. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Like he's he can't just say no, what <laughs> he's like hell no oh. I didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah then stop looking at me like that um, but Al's kind of finally coming around and talking and Johnny makes this kind of like offhand mentions like Al you're back to your old self you talk kind of cockeyed but you no know, I mean Al you know here's that there's a lot of like um, Johnny. And Dan just trying to be helpful and just like saying small things that Dan that Al picks up on and is like, mm-hmm. wait, what? <laughs> what? What's going on? Uh, but yeah, Al has to ask like how cockeyed I'm looking. Doc is like, you look fine. Like <laughs> considering you, everything you've been through. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about that. And um, he asks it like how Bullock is looking. He's like, how's Bullock looking? I I thought that. They had like talked after the fight, if I was, or am I mistaken? Yeah, no, they did. He because he gave him the gave him the star bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like that whole conversation. Yeah, I, I was kind of. I guess he was like, "Oh, did he have like lingering effects?" Yeah, I guess back then there's a lot of like things you can't get checked for, like internal hemorrhaging or something like that. Yeah, but, but I also I wonder like, if it's just part of this thing where you know you're making. 13 episodes at the same time and you kind of something there's just you know right somebody forgets that oh wait no no, no we we already <laughs> we very, already settled that very possible yeah um and doc just kind of tells him like the fact that you remember your uh, opponent in that fight is a good sign um uh and dan again like going back to like they're just trying to make small talk and encourage him. Dan's like, well, we need you back full strength. There's a whole lot of things going on that need interpreting. And talk has to be like, no. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he is, what does he say? He's like, he's out of the interpreting business for yeah. the time being. Uh, and then, <laughs> so after being told that, he brings up like, you got to see Woo, man. He thinks there's this tall celestial tall invisible celestial following him around and al like sees right through he's like huh he's saying there's a big big uh chinese guy like what do you say and doc has to 
again be like, come on, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> and he, he goes, to, this is one of the funnier things that like, Johnny, there's a bell behind the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there's some, there's some great, like, I think later on, you know, Johnny says something that's stupid and Dan gives him like a sarcastic thumbs up. Yeah. And, and there's great <laughs> acting by, by, uh, Johnny, where he kind of looks and goes like, and, and like, there's a brief like, oh, I did good, and then what? Oh, fuck you! Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying here. There's a great um, bit where, um, yeah, where Al's telling him to go get the bell, and then Johnny leaves. Then Dan kind of gets the hint that he needs to. He just says, "Well, if anybody can fuck up the gathering of a bell, it'd be Johnny." <laughs> <laughs> he goes. I love that he uses the word "the gathering of a bell." <laughs> um. I like the part where Doc pours him a little bit of water and it's just sitting on the nightstand and Doc, Al's just staring at the don't be a fucking jerk. <laughs> I really like the interplay between Al and Doc where yeah. Al's like uh, willing to say exactly where his limits are mm-hmm. and not be like embarrassed about it. He's like, fuck you. I can't do that. <laughs> and also he's kind of like, um, you know, if it if it gets... Uh, if it gets too far along, I'm not getting him any improved at all. You need to kill me. Doc is like, don't put a clock on it. Like, you know. Um, and he he asks him like kind of about how's his uh, like can he move your arm? And the fact that he can move his move his arm is good because he's had a stroke from the stress of yeah. And we find out that he may have had a small stroke. Yeah. Through all of this, hence um, why he can't really move his limbs that well. Yeah, the I guess it's the right side. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's like, "Can you move your?" He's like, "Put your nose between your fingers. You'll find out how much I can use my fucking arm." <laughs> and uh, I thought this was really good, like stroke acting. I don't know, like the the way he keeps like an eye. I don't know if maybe that was that's probably like makeup prosthetics to keep yeah. his eye kind of wide open. Yeah, one was like wide open. Mm-hmm. There's there's a good intensity to kind of fighting fighting through this situation, but anyway, that's the situation with Al. Next we go to the Grand Central, and Eb is practicing. <laughs> yeah, practicing practicing his way. He's gonna turn down on his offer, and saying like, the, these crooked boards, these <laughs> these sorry walls or whatever. First to it is the shit box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's just like a home to me. And then, you know, Richardson, I think, knocks over some soup. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Richardson, a beloved household pet, somehow walking upright. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people described as, like, animals just walking upright. Um, I also just love that, like, EB is still stuck on this, like, thing, even though nobody cares about it. But he, <laughs> just <laughs> the prospect that, like, maybe Alma will still care. Mm-hmm. Gee. Anyway, so yeah, Alma comes down. She has to borrow Richardson because she's going to go find Trixie. Mm -hmm. EB's just sidling up. It's like, I'm sure you probably would rather go with uh, me. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, no, Richardson's fine. (laughs) He's like, uh, yeah. And then we, uh, okay, now... (laughs) This is some, like, in hindsight, like, through two watchings, it becomes, like, hilarious, where Jerry comes in, Mm -hmm. 
introduces himself to Merrick and is acting like, you know, king shit of fuck mountain. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm the commissioner of these hills. And, <laughs> and he, uh, Merrick is very excited. He's like, oh, what is the name of our county? Lawrence County. Oh, that's, that's something. Uh, Jerry goes through this whole thing where about his dad was a newspaper man. And he was raised among all these presses and machines and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And so this was kind of, I don't know if, if it's just like really on the nose <laughs> irony or if he's trying to soften the blow, but he goes, I have great respect for the fourth estate. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's this thing I want you to print. <laughs> uh, that's just a complete bit of rat fuckery. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, Merrick's reading through it, and he's like, all claims, like, proven to be worked, you'll get. That's fine. Uh, but each claim will be determined on a case-by-case basis, like, determining any mitigating circumstances, which is a phrase that's going to cause a lot of consternation in the camp. And <laughs> Merrick has, it's like, uh, if I discern this correctly, sir, this statement could be taken to mean uh, nothing. <laughs> Which is, uh, I think, Milch's statement on, on politicians also. I mean, this is a very unique case where they're trying to stoke confusion. Mm-hmm. But um, that's also, you know, uh, like, you read politicians' websites and, like, their stance on the issues. Like, I believe in a politics that is good politics, yeah. not <laughs> bad politics. Like, <laughs> politics that works for all people. Not just some people. It's like, well, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Merrick rightly points out that it doesn't assure anyone of their claims staying with them and tells Jerry that publishing this could cause an uproar. Mm-hmm. He, he very wisely figures that out. Um, uh, and Jerry does that thing that people do when they're wrong and just like, they can answer whatever question you're like well this is very bad for this reason he's just like look am i not am i mistaken in thinking you're not the newspaper man we'll we'll run it he's like just run it bitch like yeah like uh and it's he's (laughs) very proud of himself later it's like yeah i uh i gave him a good stare down like imagine bragging about talking down aw america (laughs) of all the characters uh but first uh we're at the thoroughfare and alma's waiting outside the gem because uh richardson's going in looking for trixie and she sees there's like a a pile full of like antlers Mm -hmm. it's like a pile of antlers and yeah if for those of you who have seen um (laughs) the series before you know that these antlers are this is the start of something really this is not the this is not the last we'll be seeing about these antlers absolutely not but uh I, I she picks it up i don't know if she like wants some protection because she's just standing in the thoroughfare by herself or mm-hmm. she might just be bored and, yeah and, like uh preoccupied or whatever but uh <laughs> yeah i love that um uh richardson comes out and says the big one said she's at the hardware store <laughs> 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 meaning dan i assume uh, and she said, like, do, do you mind if we go there? Do you have time? Goes, I only have stew to mop before lunch. <laughs> I, I love that he just says that like it's yeah. a normal task. Like, I just have some stew to mop. It's also the second time he's mentioned it. Like, that's the only thing he's focused on is that <laughs> stew that he has to mop. Yeah. Uh, 
that Alma realizes halfway that she's like walking with the antler and then just like hands it to mm-hmm. to Richardson and they have the uh I like you. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty. Alma's just like, thank you very much. Now uh, let's not let's ever talk last, about this. Yeah, let's be the last uh, we speak on this. Right. It's kind of. I thought it was interesting to bring in the the fact that you know we know that Richardson's fairly um, innocent and sweethearted, mm-hmm. but it's also like he's still probably like a little bit of a creep. Yeah. You know, and that's not to say, um, not necessarily in a in an evil way, but just like he doesn't know how to control the impulses and yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Alma gives uh, Richardson the antler to return. She's like, "Could you take that back to the pile over there?" And <laughs> he just stands there with his head down, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Well." Well, goodbye. <laughs> Just turn me like, that's that's the end of that. Uh, I think he just wants to stay in her Presence, company as long yeah. as he can, even if he's not looking at her. Yeah, like he's not, he just wants. Yeah, that they're that sort of like beauty and grace is not mm-hmm. anything he comes across. Right, especially since uh, his entire life is spent just uh, under Eb's foot. Right. Yeah, and she kind of, you know she talks to him like a regular person mm-hmm. so uh so almost in the hardware store um trixie's <laughs> trixie's taking her uh accounting lessons yeah and like, she just slams down the pencil and says ah cunt <laughs> which is <sighs> both kind of what makes Trixie funny and also frustrates me about Trixie. <laughs> just yeah. like, would you chill the fuck? <laughs> like, I get why not. I know I know why the character wouldn't. That makes yeah. sense. Um, <clears throat> almost there, and she asks uh, Trixie if she can um, speak to her privately. And you know, she and Seth share more meaningful glances. Uh, they <laughs> step out so Trixie can smoke, and Trixie immediately knows that almost pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, uh, I don't know what she asked her. She's like, how far along are you? Or mm-hmm. you know, uh, and almost like, well, how how could you know that? And she's like, look, you would probably went to the gym first because uh, you didn't know you, you couldn't have known I was here, uh, and you wouldn't ever go to that place if it weren't an emergency. Yeah, uh, you're completely desperate. And then almost is like, well, uh, Richardson was with me, and she's like you must be pretty desperate if, if like <laughs> he's your escort um Trixie tells her to make tea out of pennyroyal and cohosh um which is like nirvana song pennyroyal tea about <laughs> abortion uh and uh Alma tries to explain to her that like look I just you know I could die if I have a baby I had this she apparently had some illness at childbirth that misshaped her womb, and she is under the impression, at least, that she can't uh, carry a baby to term. Um, Trixie's like, well, why, why don't you consult Doc about it and see what he has to say? And Alma explains that she feels really judged by him and, like, doesn't... And <laughs> Trixie has that sarcastic response of, like, well, lucky then you come for me. 
this this scene and um the other scene later this relationship between the two of them reminds me of like like high school movies where there's like the perfect popular girl that like mm-hmm. gets in trouble and has to go to the the bad girl <laughs> and like what what are you talking to me for like mm-hmm. what, what are you oh you stoop down from on mm-hmm. high princess and she's like look i just need help look i could be your friend <laughs> like you know all that um and Trixie mentions that if you do have the tea, like you might want to get back off dope because yeah. she says she's had done it seven times. Uh, and she stayed loaded for weeks afterward, which is fucking rough. Yeah. Um, and then Alma mentions like that she'd really like to have kids, which I found interesting, not only because like it's not only a, a, a A bad idea, not bad idea, but very difficult thing to pull off given her situation mm-hmm. maritally. Yeah. And also, she doesn't seem to be terribly good with kids. Yeah. As I mentioned before, but maybe it's not about that. Mm-hmm. You know, she just wants to have a kid around. Uh, and Trixie's just like, let me finish my Jewish lessons. <laughs> Has to has to sneak that in every time. Mm-hmm. It gets better as she goes along. I've noticed. I think later on she t- she tells Al that she's being taught accounts, uh-huh. but she keeps uh, bringing that up. And then as she's leaving, Alma thinks to say like, "Oh, my not, not my name's Alma." Trixie's just like, "I know your name." <laughs> it's like, "Don't <laughs> let can, can we not do this?" Yeah. Um, we're connecting we're bonding (laughs) (laughs) over me (laughs) (laughs) over my problems yeah exactly um now we're in adam's room and adam's come in for a change of clothes um isringhausen sleeping in his room uh she mentions like oh i i feel like i slept well to my to my great shame or whatever (laughs) like (laughs) there's some good acting by Titus Wolliver just yeah. like not looking up, just like shame, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or oh, what? Oh, okay. And he's like, oh, I could sleep anywhere. I'm like a dog in that regard. <laughs> and she, she, you know, tries to be like, I, I don't want to put you out. And then it's like, thank you so much. And then like puts his hand on her boob. Yeah. And then they start to make out. Mm-hmm. So that has begun now. Yeah. Now something else begins. Uh, we look. <laughs> Look, folks, we have we have a character now, and his name involves a word that neither of us can say, <laughs> uh, nor do we want to. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just going to call him Fields, General Fields. Because that's his general. name. He was a, yeah. a real character. He was, he was a real-life person. Yes. In Deadwood. And they really did call him the thing that we can't say. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yes, so Samuel Fields mm-hmm. is here. Uh, he borrowed a horse from Hostetler. He's supposed to be away a week, but he was away for 17, it looks like. Uh, but he's made a whole lot of money um, working for some rich guy in San Francisco. And, like, Hostetler's trying to work out how much he owes him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, or oh, 16 weeks. And, like, I forget how much he owes him, but it's, I think it's around, like, 30, 40 bucks, something like that. And, like, a field's just, like, 
chunks a hundred dollar bill. He's like, here, just take it out of that. <laughs> uh, and put the rest towards whatever else, um, whatever else I might owe you in the future. Uh, and now Hostetler makes this, I thought was really interesting. Hostetler, you know, makes a deal out of his uniform, mm-hmm. which is all just like torn up and shitty and, Probably isn't even his real uniform from when he was in the army. Well, he insists on being called general, but uh, he also said he says to Fields like, "You flat out told me that you were never a general." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what this reminds me of was um, in the Hateful Eight mm-hmm. when Samuel Jackson has his Lincoln letter. Uh huh. It turns out to my it's just his way to kind of like disarm white people and yeah. get them to not hate him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the AV clubs write up, they, they mentioned that, um, uh, it's fitting that when Sam is grievously hurt by, uh, the raging Steve striking back against the world that won't let him define himself, his uniform is stripped from his skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, shirtless, he's just some other black man. He's no longer got this, you know, however false it may be, this signal of virtue and standing right um well yeah i was thinking about that the whole time too and it just reminded you you know this idea of disarming you know white people and also i I read up on him a little bit and how he would like gladly call himself like be like proudly refer to himself as these like epithets mm -hmm. and that's kind of a way to be like oh yeah no it's a joke it's fine yeah yeah it's okay yeah yeah don't worry about it we're all cool here yeah you know Mm -hmm. that you know, he had to do that to kind of survive. And uh, he did manage to avoid, like, a lot of... I mean, spoiler alert, he managed to avoid, like, a lot of awful things that were kind of pinned on him. And he was able to maneuver through Deadwood mm-hmm. using yeah. that. And uh, ha- Hostetler... I think it's very fitting that Hostetler's older mm-hmm. than... At least I think he is. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of like, you need to keep your head down, keep quiet, keep out of the way. He's like, this is not the time or the place uh, to be trying that sort of foolishness. And and Fields is like, yeah, well, I keep missing the place where it'd be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good point is like, look, man, it's <laughs> there's nowhere I can go. Also, I don't know if we ever pointed this out, but uh, Hostetler is uh, the Don King character from Rocky Five. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> George Washington Duke. I think it sounds like or George Duke. I I am. Uh, yes. I am proud to have no idea. <laughs> you are missing out, sir. I keep I keep the amount of Rocky films I've seen to a minimum <laughs> to live my life the way I want to. Tell that to the wrong person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was cried in almost all of them. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's very sad when Dolph Lundgren loses. <laughs> uh, okay, but now we're in the Belly Union. And Doris brought back some money to Sai. Uh, that's his cut of the Shazami's profits. And he's thinking, like, how come they got so much fucking money? Like, are they just, like, padding it to make it make me think that they're doing a whole lot better and they don't need me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Doris explains to him that there's just this one guy, Mr. W. And it's like, Mr. W, what? what's he look like? And it's like, he basically figures out that it's Walcott. Mm-hmm. They cut. They play guess who, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like Tosh, does he have a beard? Does or no beard? Glasses or no? And he's like, oh, could I be that fucking lucky? <laughs> like, he knows that he's got something uh, on um, 
Walcott now because Doris mentions that he th- uh, threw her into a wall. And Sai, like, susses out that, like, wait, so did he, like, throw you really hard? Did he just kind of push you? She's like, it was pretty rough. It was violently and just for looking at him. And he says, you know, something like, that's a man with a problem, ain't it, Doris? So Sai now knows Walcott's secret, and he uh, has every intention of using that mm-hmm. to his advantage. <laughs> uh, but back at the... Recently mentioned Chez Ami, Carrie is bathing and Joni comes in, you know, warm the back and get, warm the bath and get Carrie's back. They kind of like make small talk, like, how'd you sleep? I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> um, Carrie can like very obviously tell that that's not what Joni is here to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, she asks if, if Walcott had upset Joni because had that big blow up the last time he was in there. Uh, Joni then tells her that she was with him the night before Carrie got in and guessed that she, you know, she'd guessed wrong at what sort of thing he liked. Mm-hmm. And Carrie tells her what she does with him. She just puts her hand like behind her and between her legs to pretend uh, that it's her vagina to, and just like kind of rubs his pants. Or rubs his penis over the pants. Uh, and Joni is like, just kind of like, at first, just asking, clarifying, like, what, you just like reach around? And like, okay, well, well, and then she just starts straight up like asking more and more. He's like, what do you say to him when you do it? Did you talk in a certain way? And I think Carrie here's like having a bit of fun, being like, hmm, you wish you could, uh, get this guy off the way that I do and you think you're hot shit but you can't even you know make this guy happy I I was more do you think Joni here is like trying to figure out what's wrong with Walcott or like what's her reason for asking all these questions I think she I think it's that uh, I think it's 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 not so much she's trying to figure out how to please him she's just trying to figure out what like what's wrong with him kind of in the same way that like you know we just saw Cy find out you know, things about, you know, Walcott and how, um, you know, that he's spending so much money Uh and has these fetishes. So we see both of them kind of each getting pieces of information about Walcott. I got you. Um, Okay, so in the next one, next scene where it docks, Trixie just runs in yelling at (laughs) Doc. As most people do. Yeah. Uh, she's upset with him for being all like so high and mighty that almost afraid to ask him for any help. Um, and he says like, "Fine, I'll, I'll I'll go go see her." But and she has to be like, "Look, you go like pretend you're there for something else, please." God damn it. Mm-hmm. Um. Now we're outside Charlie's. This was a interesting scene. I almost said it was really good, but I'm kind of interested at it. Uh. General Fields wants to buy Jane's bottle off of her. How much do you want for that bottle? What the fuck are you supposed to be? Currency still spins, ma'am. Is that some dilapidated type fucking uniform? I scouted for fucking custom. A great man who would have wanted you to sell me that bottle. He was no great fucking man. He was a 
long-haired cocksucker that could have saved many lives by more drinking and stop being so fucking ambitious and many still above ground and not scalped by the fucking heathens and their guts spread over the plains. And now there's there's one thing where you could look at it as um, Jane just uh, being so like, Jane doesn't see color, man. Or, or she, I think there's also a bit of Milch trying to say how like white people can just be completely oblivious as to why black people would be cagey. Like we'll see later when a riot comes around and yeah. feels immediately is like, I'm out of here. Yeah. And Jane's just like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, anyway, they, they, uh, she's, he tells her that he was a union general and she said, I was a scout for Custer. Um, but I like how all these people that actually were with Custer don't mm-hmm. buy into the, um, mythology around him. Right. Well, it, well, there's like that scene with a crook last season where he's giving that big speech and there's that soldier who's like basically undercutting everything he says. Mm-hmm. You know, the show never, never lets anybody kind of have the esteem that, you know, they've built up or the, it doesn't let anybody have the legend that they've, you know, yeah. had in other kind of works of fiction. Because it hardly ever is deserved. You know, <laughs> like you look at Custer is like, what the fuck was that guy doing? Yeah. Yeah, Um, but you kind of, you know, going back to a lie agreed upon, they have to justify what they're doing Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, this brave man fought the Indian. It's like, what was this guy doing just riding out and like fucking with these people? Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, Jane uh, says, like, look, I won't sell you the bottle, but you can sit here and drink. And and, uh, she doesn't care that he kind of like looks around. She's like, stop looking around. I don't care if. I'm seen drinking with you. Uh, <laughs> there's a great like. Uh, he's trying to like build up his his uh, dignity. He's like, this here's the epaulet of a Union Army general. Just like, <laughs> and this here's the ass of a drunken shitbird. <laughs> fun stuff and fun fart talk. Mm-hmm. We're not done with farts. Uh uh-uh, uh no. Been known to cut the odd fart, but they never stunk. <laughs> I have the self same gift. That's good drunk conversation. Yeah. Uh, now we're in Adam's room, and Adams and Isringhausen are just kind of lying, basking in postcoital glow. <laughs> That's exactly the <laughs> phrase I have written down. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Isringhausen's still on her bullshit about like being a sweet, mm-hmm. uh, uh, innocent, you know. Woman damsel afraid, in yeah, distress. Yeah, for her life. He's like, I hope I didn't take advantage. He's like, you took no more advantage than the Samaritan did the traveler from Jerusalem. I'm just like, good. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and this, she finally gives her name. It's Alice. Her name's mm-hmm. Alice. Uh, says that uh, Alma had named Al as her instrument in Brahms' murder. Mm-hmm. And this should be like our first clue that like what the fuck is and going he, on? Yeah, and even Silas is like, wait, what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 the only time he asks like what her first name is, is when he's like, You're right, and it's and he has some line about uh telling your story yeah. make it any more factual or something or something like that. I forget yeah, what it was. Yeah, she asked him like, Do you do you find this shocking? He's like, I'm confused as to why it wasn't like I would think it's the other way around, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would hire Alma. 
Yeah, he has a why do I feel lucky we didn't meet across a poker table? <laughs> so he's starting to be like, okay, you're not. And the minute like he says that, like she like opens her legs up again. It's mm-hmm. like Silas, go back to bed. Yeah. Uh, I, I like trying to diffuse like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Look mm-hmm. over here. Look over yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back in Alma's room, Doc's come in to check on Sophia uh, he says it's been a year since her last exam. <laughs> like, oh, mm. has a year gone by since? <laughs> okay. Um, and he said he goes, "There's a there's a brief. I had a brief break between gunfights, so <laughs> thought I'd come check on her." Uh, and he like takes her aside and is like, "Uh, while well, I'm here, and since I've cared for you before, can I ask how you're doing? And almost immediately, like, what the fuck are you asking me for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> like he's he's kind of just as um, impatient with the ruse. He's like, ah, look, all right, <laughs> like um, he's doing. At first, he's doing like a really horrible job at hiding his purpose. Uh, but like after a while, I, I don't think he cares anymore. He's just basically like starting up, telling her like, don't. Let my, uh, quote, idiosyncrasies and defects of character getting in the way of you seeking treatment. Like, I've done this before. I can actually help you. Don't be going around to... <laughs> he even, like, gives up that it's Trixie. That's yeah, yeah. Put, which, I mean, who else would have, but it's... <laughs> yeah. Dude, you can't even... <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, he, he ends with a little, like, please. And you can see that, you know, Alma kind of, you know that please and i wrote down like oh my god there's almost a camera move in this show <laughs> like, <laughs> at first i thought they were dollying in on alma mm-hmm. and her face after he says please to see her be kind of like all right i need to actually take care of myself but i, I don't think it was <laughs> i think it was very slight if anything mm-hmm. um so now we're in size office and uh walcott is like very meticulously counting through the money and you know you can when you're rich you don't have to pay that much attention to your blah blah blah. anyway this is when jerry comes in and says like i just got back from the newspaper office and uh merrick gave us a little bit of trouble but i successfully stared him down like (laughs) (laughs) i i love there's there's great little character moments just in mm-hmm. two little lines where walcott like very like tiredly says was he looking for a bribe mm-hmm. <laughs> and jerry says no no he was not i have a nose for that sort of thing <laughs> i'm sure you fucking do yeah uh but i love that walcott is like does he want money like i can just give more money that's fine i don't <laughs> give a shit uh but right after Jerry's done bragging about how he stared down Merrick, Leon barges in and uh, tells him that Merrick has just posted the letter outside the office instead of printing it in the paper. Mm-hmm. He said people are getting pissed off and they're looking for Commissioner Jerry. <laughs> and uh, it was like his uh, short reign as, as King of the Castles mm-hmm. is over already. Yeah. And, you know, Sai's like, well, that's not really fucking good way to fucking go, yeah. Commissioner. Um, but we see outside uh, the Pioneer where uh, a whole bunch of hoopleheads, <laughs> chief among them being Steve the Drunk, who orange is the new 
Black Fanes will recognize as Healy. Uh, he's trying to read this and make sense of it, and Merrick's explaining, it's like, what's mitigating means? Like, means to lessen, or it's like, <laughs> he's like, so they're trying to fuck us. Uh, and uh, they're yelling at Merrick for not, like, punching Jerry mm-hmm. when this was going on. They're like, <laughs> why didn't you uh, take him out for doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they like, where is he? We're going to find him. We're going to, you know, take care of him. And while well, there's one of those great things that Deadwood does of like people, like the other characters seeing what's happening and mm-hmm. like Johnny sees it and like runs to tell, we can't really tell Al, but he's going to try and like Saul sees it going down. He's mm-hmm. concerned. Yeah. Um, now I've talked before about Jim Beaver making comments on the what's Alan watching recaps. Mm-hmm. And there's a very interesting story where he's talking about this guy who plays Steve. And he mm-hmm. says, you know, I've seen him before and I like hated his character on, on NYPD Blue. And it's one of those people that like even actors can get mixed up. He was like, I saw that he joined the cast and I was like, oh, not that asshole. He's like, but, you know, you learn that he you hate him so much because he's a good actor and he's good yeah. at being hateful. And he's like, it's a it's a lovely he's a lovely guy. I loved working with him. It was great. <laughs> Then in parentheses, he says, I've had the reverse experience, too, where someone whose work I admire immensely turns out to be someone I prefer not being around. Very much prefer. Saying who would be satisfying, but I'm not kiteling. Oh. Oh. (laughs) I'm sure uh, if he did... I, you know, I'm sure if he did name him, this mystery man would be like, I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> I try to be good, but I'm fucked up. I've done so many bad fucking things. <laughs> I'd just be there naked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, One of my favorite movies. But, honestly. you know, we don't know who it is. So, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that movie might be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have I have a note next like Cy walks over to see what's going on and <laughs> so who knows Cy walks over to see what's going on mm-hmm. um, but up in in uh, Al's room there's a brief <laughs> I, I like this little quick moment of Jules saying like then I said Dan you better break the fucking door down <laughs> like then to this big like punchline or you know and I was just like. sitting on the bed like okay i can't really move and dan's like yep that's what happened uh but johnny comes in and and tells al about what's going on outside (laughs) there's a great like i want you to stop thinking now johnny (laughs) (laughs) only the answer to the question i'm gonna ask you (laughs) he asks like where is uh where's the commissioner (laughs) he's like commissioner or merrick (laughs) commissioner johnny where is the commissioner because like he manages to fuck that up still yeah Yeah. it's it's great like you see that johnny only sees the immediate danger to merrick Mm -hmm. he's like we gotta protect merrick you like him don't you (laughs) and al from his remove Mm -hmm. as he says later still knows like he's operating on a different level like he knows what which way the tide's turning yeah and he's like, we got to, like, make sure that commissioner doesn't get killed. And we see later, like, just how many steps ahead he is. Yeah. Uh, um, but And also, like, this is the first time that Al's aware of the commissioner being in town. Mm-hmm. And he also learns that he's staying at the Bell Union, which is really fucking bad news. Yeah. 
Um, but then here's something else that the AV Club brought up in their recap. Uh, they say that, uh, like so many on the show, Al needs something to war against. Mm-hmm. Some job to define himself by. To be up and on his feet. So, like, while he's recuperating, like, obviously he just woke up, but he's still kind of on the mend. And later, like, Doc makes comments about, like, how quickly he's getting better. Mm-hmm. And I think it that AV Club nails it with, like, he now has something that he has to accomplish. Like, mm-hmm. he has a foe he has to overcome. Um, yeah, he... So, so not all, He says... He, he tells Dan, like, go get Bullock. And Aaron, they're both like, you want Bullock? Like, you want him to come here? Or do you want him to protect me? It's like, no, go bring him here. Yeah. Uh, um, and Johnny only think like, yeah, Johnny's like, oh, good idea. Well, he'll protect Merrick from Steve. He's like, I was like, no, dude, you're not. <laughs> you have no idea what's going on. Um, but back outside the Pioneer Sai is at work trying to calm everyone down. Mm-hmm. And I think this is pretty good work by Powers Booth trying to like maintain his macho control of the situations. Like, <laughs> I love this. Like, all right, uh, says if you've been working your claim, you get to keep it. So I don't see what the problem is. Yeah. And they're like, later on, they get to fucking mitigating. <laughs> he turns and reads, like, yeah, it looks like they do mitigate a bit here. <laughs> But isn't that just a government for you? Like, yeah. <laughs> like we're going to get mad at streams for running and yeah. trees for casting fucking shade? Yeah. And, like, just kind of going like, uh, yeah, can't can't get mad at a creature for acting in its nature. If you want to get out, I understand. I'll buy your claims yeah. at a fair price. <laughs> you, know, you know, maybe it's the wrong... Maybe it's the wrong choice, but here I'm making my stand and and all that. <laughs> I also just love how he's like, yeah, that Jerry guy seems like a good guy. He's like, so you've spoken to him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, where is he? Oh, he's... Uh... And then he quickly realizes, like, yeah, this can solve probably some problems. So <laughs> he's at the Bell Union. He's like, yeah, yeah, I've talked to him. Yeah. What the fuck is it to you? <laughs> and yeah, he's at my place. Like, looks at Leon's like, yeah. go, go get him yeah. out of there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so then the crowd just heads to the Bell Union because mm-hmm. they want to get that guy. Um, so in Al's room, I love that Al's like, fuck you showing up looking prettier than <laughs> ever. Um, and Al then tells Bullock that like, look, we need to protect this commissioner. We don't want him harmed. Uh, he t- He's like... He's aligned with Tolliver. Did you know that? And Seth didn't know. And I was like, bedridden. I know more than you. <laughs> Which goes back to how he kept saying, how, like, you, you're just off on your little cloud of pussy and not paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. Um, he figures that if anything happens to Jerry, Yankton is going to figure it was no accident. It'll be Al yeah. that, you know, knocked him out for aligning <clears throat> with Tolliver and... He doesn't want that. And there's the great line that was as true in 1877 as it is in 2017. The do they understand how most of what happens is people being drunk and stupid and trying to find something else to blame besides that that makes their lives totally fucked. No, they don't. (laughs) They're too busy stealing to study human nature. I also love how here's another instance where uh, 
where somebody is likely going to pin something on Al if something goes wrong. And so, like, Isringhausen, like, yeah, uh, yeah, she says that Alma used Swearingen, even though Swearingen did kill her husband, it wasn't through Alma, but still just associating it with Al, yeah. like, automatically, like, knowing to do that. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's just very true. Like, people mm-hmm. just get, that's kind of the story of America is mm-hmm. people getting mad at immigrants or god anything mm-hmm. as <laughs> socialists we, as, yeah as well as we all will also see in a few more scenes just getting mad and pinning it all your frustrations on someone who does not deserve it although i'm mm-hmm. not saying that al, al that al killed <laughs> alma's husband yes but, <laughs> you know not you know through alma yeah um so, yeah, he sends off Seth to go take care of him. Now we're in the the Billy Union. Jerry is back in the cashier cage just like, like, he's just whacking at him like, yeah. get away from me. <laughs> and they're all just saying how they're going to fucking kill him. He goes, if you had vision as much as sight, you would see not only me, but the institution I represent and blah, blah, blah. And Steve says, fuck you, fuck the institution, fuck the future. Yeah. He goes, you cannot fuck the future, sir. The future fucks you. <laughs> Which is a, a very good and true line, but not something you say <laughs> to no. calm down a angry mob. Nope. Uh, but we do see that a lot about how characters can't they change what's coming. Yeah. Like, you know, um, those telegraph poles are going to mm-hmm. be going down right down Main Street, and there's going to be um, a government in control of Deadwood. Mm-hmm. And this is all going to happen. And this shows up later with, with, um, you know, even with Hearst and his sort of highly, uh, uh, mechanized and streamlined version of business and capitalism mm-hmm. is going to take over all these like, you know, dirt farming miners, mm-hmm. um, and there's nothing they can do about it. They can only, they can only hope to stem the tide. I also, just for, just for comic relief, there's a should you impede my progress or were I to attempt to leave this cage, uh, you would seal your fate as irrevocably as the tyrant crossing the Rubicon. See, is he asking to suck my prick? <laughs> Where, where did you get that idea <laughs> from that? What does he think a Rubicon is? Uh, and then the mob topples over, like pulls over the cashier cage. But Seth comes in just in time and fires off his gun and declares that Jerry's under protection of the law. <clears throat> but uh, back outside Charlie's shop, store, whatever, uh, Jane and... and General Fields are having a good time together, just laughing and talking. But then the mob comes out. They're angry and they're um, frustrated at not having being able to get who they were coming from. And this is when Fields immediately sees that going down mm-hmm. and goes, I'm out of here. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am running. And Jane is just like, huh, what? And they're Why? like, yeah. what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um Seth is walking off with Commissioner Jerry, and Jerry is immediately incredulous and unthankful. 
She's like, I feel no less manhandled by you, sir. <laughs> like, what, what, <laughs> what do you want, man? Yeah. What do you think is going down? Uh, and then he, he gets there and Seth says that he needs the lockup for the commissioner. And, but Jane is, is like, I'm going to take out Bill's robe first. <laughs> like, she doesn't want this government official, like, sullying Bill's robe. Yeah. Um, we get a shot of Steve seeing Fields run away, so he knows where he's going. Uh, and they're they're going up the stairs to the jail, and Commissioner Jerry's, and now the indignities accumulate. And Seth tells him a beat short of, a beating short of murder might have done you considerable good. <laughs> um, now we're back at the Bell Union. Sai has a a cute little line like the commissioner meets his constituents. <laughs> I'm like, what is this uh, congressional town hall about Obamacare? <laughs> you know the real hoopleheads are these jokers in Washington. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So I was talking to Walcott, and uh, he says <laughs> that sometimes you need a you know a hard lesson in order to learn something. And then Walcott kind of you know sarcastically says like, "Oh, you're trying to improve his character." I think that trips. Not trips Saya, but like sends him over the edge of like, mm-hmm. I was going to hold this off, but since you're being a smart Halleck, I'm going to be like, well, no one can be as perfect as you where you're all like, you're, you're, you have no defect of character, no weakness. He's like, you're not, you're not, uh, stupid or angry. And he, the last thing he says, like, we're sick, mm-hmm. you know, and Walcott. Well, Sai starts to go up the stairs and Walcott just kind of looks at him like mm-hmm. that was he's like that seemed pregnant with meaning um, but back at delivery Hostetler's burying fields in, in some hay mm-hmm. and he's complaining about like man I've been here for just been keeping myself for five years and now you come in and like <laughs> one day and he has a line that says like why are you doing this Hostetler you don't need other bodies so mm-hmm. maybe more than just like he's an older person like he's seen more shit than than fields has yeah um and then steve's talking to the other hoopleheads and he says like all right we're gonna grab uh general fields mm-hmm. and we'll make a lot of commotion about it so that'll draw bullock out while he's out the rest of us can run in and grab jerry and there's like what if what if he comes out shooting? It's like, well, grab fields anyway. <laughs> it's a very good plan by a character named a character named Steve the Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're back in Alma's room and Doc's examined Alma and he tells her that the labor would be difficult, but it wouldn't it's not out of the question. It wouldn't right. be fatal. Like it would hurt a lot, and especially hurt because you probably don't want to take anything to mitigate the mitigate the pain mm-hmm. at all. And she's like, well, uh, you know, she's kind of like, wait, are you trying to like coddle me from how bad it would be? He's like, no, I mean, I've counseled people on pregnancies before and I've told them not to do it, but you, I don't see any problem. And she's kind of choked up cause she's lived her entire life. Thinking thinking, she couldn't have children. 
Yeah, she's like, this is yeah. never an option for me. Well, and also, not only that, but he goes, uh, and now that the choice is within your province, do you incline in one direction or another? She says, to be honest, Doctor, I'm living into the thought that I have any choice at all, which could be about specifically her childbearing situation, but mm-hmm. probably more likely is about her situation in general. She's now yeah. like this liberated, independently wealthy woman. Uh, who can kind of do whatever she wants. Yeah. Except, you know, the one thing she wants to do, which is be with Seth. Yeah. Uh, but that that kind of goes back to Alma's recurring theme of, like, she's used to men making all these decisions in her life for her. And now, like, not only can she make these decisions that men would usually make, she's making decisions that she thought would be impossible before. Mm-hmm. So, um but back at the livery, Hostetler's writing out his will, um, he's, which is very, you know, macabre. But um, he's writing, and he's kind of stooped over, and we just see shadows come up behind him and, like, hear some footsteps, and we just see his, like, head drop. Uh, and Steve says, what else they teach you, Hostetler, at that school where you learn to write, just being very mean and condescending and... Hostetler first stands straight up and looks like he's, you know, not going to give in. But Steve just gives him this really violent shove. Mm-hmm. Like, where's he at? And he gives up where Fields is hiding. Mm-hmm. And Steve is really nasty. You know, they taught you good. Um, but in the thoroughfare, the mob is hauling off uh, Fields and Charlie riding back into camp and he sees it and he's going back up to the the lockup I guess um, Dan and EB see it from the balcony and coming to tell Al about it like they grabbed up the the uh, black guy from the livery mm-hmm. and he's like what's that have to do with what we're dealing with right now <laughs> and they're like I, oh, I don't know and he's like you've just added an irrelevancy <laughs> and then uh, I think Johnny's kind of like it's it's or Dan Dan says mm-hmm. like it's not Hostetler it's uh, some other guy mm-hmm. <laughs> Al's just like I... <laughs> um in the jail Seth has locked Jerry up under protective custody and Jerry offers Jane like twenty dollars just to use Bill's jacket as a bedroll and Jane, yeah not having that. Charlie comes in and asks if this is this great bickering between him and Jane. Where he's like, "Hey, uh, is Fields back in camp?" And Jane's like, "Yes." And he goes, "Don't act like you know. You don't. You weren't here when he first yeah. came around." She's like, "Well, that just shows how ignorant you are." He's like, "I'm saying because you've never been around where he was." She's like, "Well, I'm saying I met him earlier today." That's <laughs> like, anyway. He's like, but he says, uh. Hey, like a, a crowd's got him, and it looks like they're about to lynch him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jerry keeps complaining, and says that he's thirsty, and Jane just says, "Lie on your back, take aim, and piss." <laughs> <laughs> um, in the thoroughfare, Fields is really desperately trying to reason with Steve, as if that's going to solve anything. He's just like, "How did I offend you? What?" what reason did I give you to do this to me? And Steve kind of mentions that he got drafted, uh, 
and because he got drafted, his brother got the confectionery that he was going to take over. I, I thought that was really funny to think of Steve as like, you know, a sugar baker, <laughs> like, <laughs> like making candies or it might just be like, um, what do you call it? Pastries. Easy mm-hmm. pastries. <laughs> Steve's dreams of pastries. God damn it. <laughs> Can't bake cupcakes. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, and they, they rip his shirt off and they start to put that tar on him. Seth comes in and... <laughs> Alright, we've... I don't know. I feel like we've tried not to be too rough on Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> but he does that disperse this riotous assembly. <laughs> and it's really... It reminds me of... um brad pitt an interview with a vampire <laughs> when he chases all of his slaves yeah. off his pit he's like god save yourself <laughs> hear me now this place is cursed damned and yes your master is the devil get help while you can you are all free men you hear me run please save yourself <laughs> Uh, me and Claudia laugh about that a lot. <laughs> you lack the courage of your convictions, sir. Uh, but back at the hardware store, oh, and there's another good line from Seth where Al, uh, uh, Steve is saying some really ugly things, and Seth just goes, "I'll motherfuck you and blow your head off." It's <laughs> badass. Uh, we're back at the hardware store, and Alma's walking. Uh, over there, Richardson sees her. He's still holding the antler and he's <laughs> smiling, so he's uh full in his little religion now. Mm-hmm. Um, Trixie again is frustrated by the <laughs> by the, her accounting. Yeah. Uh, Saul wants to go over it with her, and she's like, I don't want your, your goddamn help, I want to learn. You know, she's obstinate, but it's for a good reason. She wants to learn how to do it by herself. Um, Saul has a line, God help me for enjoying you out there, even only to abuse me. <laughs> Which, that is, uh, that's true love, right there. Yeah. That's very realistic. <laughs> uh, Trixie uh, says she'll, like, fuck him as soon as she's done figuring out the column, so he just, like, shouts out the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets, like, mad about it, but she can't mm-hmm. hide her smile. <laughs> um, then Alma knocks on the door. Um, and Trixie says, like, oh, do you have another visitor today? <laughs> so even if Doc had kept it from her, Trixie would have immediately blown it, too. Yeah. But uh, um, she says that she found out she could have another baby, and so it would come with complications. And Trixie's like, ugh, they always put it like that. And isn't that great? She's like, no, that's, I mean, it's kind of apt in this situation. Um Trixie then very helpfully says, like, oh, Trixie, I see you're working at the hardware store now. <laughs> and Alma's just like, oh. <laughs> um, and she manages to say that Saul is teaching her accounts without making a Jew joke, which mm-hmm. is a sign of progress mm-hmm. for her. Um, and then this kind of goes back to what I was saying about, like, the bad girl and the perfect princess being friends in high school. Like, Alma wants to try a cigarette for the yeah. first time. <laughs> Yeah, 
I also think that's funny how she's like, I'm going to watch the situation from here on out. Let me smoke that cigarette. I'm going to stay pregnant, but let me smoke this cigarette. Yeah, but like, that's like the least of what yeah. we should be worried about pregnant women doing back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but now we're... This is... Maybe the only... Um, you know, likable moment mm-hmm. of Walcott's entire time on the show. And yeah. He's reading that letter from Wild Bill um, that he bought off EB. He's reading it to Carrie. And what he's reading is actually the text of the real last letter that Wild Bill wrote to his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, Wild Bill makes a mention about like, oh, I've you should see me in this prospecting gear. And Walcott's like, he's lying. He... Mm-hmm. I was told he never prospected a moment. Uh, but he gets to the postscript and there's very romantic and tender words mm-hmm. built to his wife. And Carrie, we should mention that Walcott's kind of sitting up against the pillows and Carrie's on the other side of the bed with mm-hmm. her back to him. And you can see on her face that she's kind of genuinely moved yeah. by it. But she's also just like acting like she's bored. It's like, is this going to be, is this a long letter? Like, mm-hmm. are we almost done? And he gets to this part where it's like, you know, talking about like, if I never see you again, I'll die breathing your name and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so it's very romantic. And you mm-hmm. can see on Carrie's face that she's moved by it. Um, and she asks, like, do you need your trousers rubbed? Are, are you a man who needs his trousers rubbed? And he says, I know a man who would like his trousers removed. So he's willing to kind of make, you know, mm-hmm. a step forward in that regard. Um, also, like in that scene, how he, like, gives Bill shit <laughs> for misspelling yeah, sure. Like <laughs> smells like a child. I would think it'd be, like, more common back then. Yeah. Um, there's no spell check. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are a lot more illiterate people around. Mm-hmm. But Walcott's, uh, you know, Special case. Uh, Doc is checking back in on Al, and he says he's encouraged by the uh, the blood in his eye being reabsorbed. And Al's just like, "What? What good is that to me? I need to move my arms and legs <laughs> or whatever." He's like, "They feel waxy." And uh, Johnny <laughs> Johnny comes in. He's trying to pantomime that Bullock is there. And he's like, "Badge gone," and like Bullock. Yeah. <laughs> Al's just like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Al's just like, Bullock, come in. Yeah. And Johnny's like, I could have said you was asleep. <laughs> like, didn't want to be bothered. Uh, Bullock brings him, you know, the news that the commissioner's okay. We got him in custody and blah, blah, blah. Al uh, offers Bullock a drink from his bottle. And he's like, you wipe the rim of that bottle. I'll knock you out for my present vantage. <laughs> It's a nice little like reconciliation between yeah. the two of them after you know they fought almost to the death, uh, and he sits down like on the bed and takes a drink and he's you know very intimate with Al at this point, mm-hmm. um, and he's just kind of commiserating more about the situation. Um, and the AV Club says that this episode, in a lot of ways, is about the way people rage against their own self-determination being taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Al can't get up and move around. Uh, you know, 
Seth is kind of constrained by his situation. He can't talk to Alma. And it says, these closing moments are about the ways people come together to build new institutions that can return that sense of self to them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Al can't get out and move around in the town, but Seth, for the time being, can do that for him. Um, and Seth says that they're, that Yankton is moving against the camp's established leadership, like, you know, informal leadership. Uh, and Al kind of brings up the fact that, like, they got to have someone backing them up because politicians don't, like, have the balls to do that stuff. Like, yeah. if they didn't have some money behind them, they would be coming to us instead of Tolliver. Yeah. So he kind of figures, like, there's someone bigger than Yankton behind behind them that's that's moving this. Um, the last scene is back in the, the lockup, and Jane is removing the tar from Field's shoulder, which is just yeah, uh, really horrible. But there's a there's this bit where he's biting his lip and he's not screaming out, and Jane mm -hmm. wonders like, why don't you just scream out instead of biting into your lip some more? Mm -hmm. And he just says like, it's my pain, I'll do how. But I thought that was a further con comment on yeah, like <laughs> I have to deal with this like you know awfulness and pain and like silent or else I'm going to expect more of it, you know. Right. And Jane is just oblivious to that fact. And she's like, oh, I could be, you know, that's kind of, it's, it reminds me of like a lot of like, uh, yeah, it just reminds me of like a lot of people who are like, well, I can say whatever I want. You know, we should be able to say what we want. Yeah. I'm not racist, but you can make any joke you want. And you're like, no, you don't understand the right. way people are. <laughs> yeah, the like way people, those, yeah. those well-meaning liberals that are mm -hmm. like, hey, man, you say whatever you want. You should just come and say, who cares about these these horrible race? It's like, I do, because yeah. they can hurt me. <laughs> you know, they, they think that they're being, you know, progressive, but mm -hmm. they're just not understanding no. what they go through. I really like anybody who, uh, this is something that's bothered me a lot lately. Like, people who, like, listen to comedians and, like, like, just to, in order, like, hear something that a comedian says offhand to, like, justify their own attitudes towards race. Hmm. You know what I mean? Can, uh, explain that a bit. It's like, like uh... <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't I've just noticed it a lot, especially with, like, people that, like, I grew up with. They'll hear, like, you know, Chris Rock say something and be like, oh, well, he said it, so I can say it, too. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole episode of The Office about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Th this idea that, like, well, I found this one guy to... <laughs> yeah, this guy validates you know my own shitty feelings right and i'd say that the person who said it's shitty they're they're thinking of something else completely you know they're likely but oh, but anyway on the lighter side yeah let's cut all that out <laughs> jerry <laughs> jerry would like them to be quiet and mm -hmm. jane decides to just run a stick back and forth across <laughs> i love that she's immediately contemptuous of J of the commissioner yeah like she doesn't know what an asshole he is like mm -hmm when he first shows up and she's on my like I, he can go in there when i take bill's coat out of yeah him. uh but uh she can just see like uh, his capacity for not giving shit about other people i guess probably yeah where she's clearly like helping someone out and he just does not you're being too loud <laughs> yeah and she's like oh fuck you <laughs> yeah but then 
Fields tells Jane, like, look, let Hostetler know I would have done exactly what he did, only quicker. Um, and uh, she's like, all right, I guess he'll understand what you mean. Uh, and then she, the, the show ends. We get a shot of Hostetler just sitting with his head in his hands, clearly, like, horribly distraught. Mm-hmm. Like... This actor, I forget the actor's name, but it does a very good job of mm-hmm. telegraphing just the not just conflict, but pure anguish that he's going through. Yeah, uh, and he can kind of hear Fields screaming as more sheets of skin are being ripped off. Yeah, and he got off easy, all things considered, and it's still pretty horrible. Mm-hmm. But that's how the episode ends. Wait, I kind of wonder if there was supposed to be like more to that scene. It ends mm-hmm. kind of weird. Yeah, I thought so too. It's really quick and then like fades out mm-hmm. in a way that is uncharacteristic of Deadwood. Right. Um, but that's this was a uh, this was a good episode as all of them are, but it did feel like more of a setup for the next episode. Yeah, because a lot of things like pay off. Although there's a good, like, we talk about scenes we remember all the time and that commissioner getting tipped over. And yeah. <laughs> I think about that a lot. Um, but yeah, the next episode uh, that is called Something Very Expensive pays off a lot of things and gets really intense. Mm-hmm. Um, has a lot of really good monologues and uh, <laughs> kind of, like, underselling this episode. But mm-hmm. it's still, like... Better than anything I've seen in the last five years yeah. on TV. That's not true. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this one? Mm, not particularly. All right. Well, uh, that's going to be it for this week. Thanks to everyone who's uh, subscribed. If you haven't subscribed already, be sure to go to iTunes, subscribe to us. Uh, be sure to rate and review the podcast. Those help us climb the charts and get noticed by more people Um, so be sure to do that you can find us on twitter at deadwood pod you can find us on facebook uh, at unauthorized cinnamon and be sure to visit uh, mockingbirdnetwork.com and check out all the other great podcasts there until we will be back next week with something very expensive Mocking Bird Network.